Welcome to the Healthy Tips Podcast, produced by the Better Living Institute and sponsored by AppJudo for your software needs, BulletPad for writing lists on your iPad, and also sponsored by our listeners. That's folks like you. We're Kira and Bill Van Intersom, and welcome to today's show. Today's podcast is Thank You for Not Smoking. Hi, everyone. Thank you for not smoking. A lot of people are saying that today, especially in the restaurants and in the hotels and in public places where smoking is no longer allowed. And this title came from a magazine article. Last week, I was reading the ARP magazine, April-May edition 2015, and in the back part of it, there was an interesting article by Janine English, who actually is the president of ARP. And that was the title for her article. It was a one-pager, and it caught my eye. Thank you for not smoking. She started to talk about some of the facts of smoking, and then she gave some hints of what someone could do, and I kind of added to that, and Kira added to it. So we decided, hey, this might be a pretty nifty podcast. Well, it's an interesting concept to look at because we do still have some smokers around. Now, we don't smoke, and most of our friends don't smoke. So smoking is sort of off our radar most of the time. We don't really even think about it much. But sometimes we'll go to a picnic or something, and one of our friends will be there And she'll get up from the table and go off someplace and have a cigarette. So I know people are still battling this. This is a really hard issue for a lot of people. Right. The fact is that in 2015, 42 million adult Americans still smoke. They undermine their health with cigarettes. That's a lot. That's practically one in six Americans which is still a lot of people. (laughs) Yes, and didn't you say in that article that it's the leading cause of preventable death and disease in the U.S. even now? And that's by the National Institute of Health Statistics. So, yeah, 480,000 Americans die each year due to smoking-related illnesses. And this is one in five of all deaths in the United States. Wow. Yeah, you know, for something that's sort of left our radar in in the sense that we're not really around it much anymore. I grew up with smoking parents, and and I think you did too, Bill, to some extent. So when we've removed it from the television shows and the movies that we watch in our homes, you know, it's easy to not notice that. But there are still an awful lot of people out there engaging in this practice, and I know that most of them probably don't want to. They know that it's dangerous. I give thanks practically every single day that I go out in public places. I worked for probably 30 years with secondhand smoke, sometimes so thick that it was almost like a fog in the room. Seriously. And I would come home and my clothes would just shriek. I mean, I'd have to hang them out on the porch Mm -hmm. to try to get the smoke out of them. And I never touched a cigarette. 14 and a half million Americans suffer from some kind of a smoking-related illness over and above the 480,000 who actually die from smoking-related illnesses. So 
This is a huge, huge cost to our healthcare system as a whole. Gee whiz, estimated at around $133 billion a year to care for the diseases from smoking. That's a lot of money. And, you know, you don't really think about 42 million people are still smoking. I mean, you don't really think about these numbers. These are huge numbers. And I know that these people, like I said, are not doing this because they really want to do it. It is a habit. It is an addiction. addiction. Yeah. Yeah, easily an addiction. The indirect costs of smoking are actually even higher than that $133 billion price tag. So it's estimated that $156 billion is draining away every single year from our national economy lost productivity due to illnesses, people getting sick. Well, think about the money that's being drained away from the families of the people who are engaged in this addiction. I mean, that's an expensive addiction, and it takes quite a lot of money away from their families. And these days, one pack of cigarettes. How much does it? Like what, six bucks? Yeah. Something like that. I was just amazed. Oh, my God. It used to be 40 cents when I was a kid. You know, you can go to that machine and it would cost more of a machine, like maybe 75 cents. Three quarters gets you a pack of cigarettes. But my gosh, six, seven, eight dollars a pack, 20 cigarettes? Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) And we're saying that, you know, smoking actually causes more deaths each year than all of these other diseases combined. And this is like HIV-related diseases, illegal drug use, alcohol use, all the motor vehicle accidents, and firearm incidents. All those things combined are not as great as the number of people that die from smoking. It's amazing. It's just like shocking. Well, we wanted to take a couple of moments and thank our sponsor for the show. And when we come back, we're going to actually talk about what we can do, what you can do to help this smoking situation, to help stop it, really. <laughs> That's right. We want to have some positive things to say here. So we'll be back in just a moment. Time to thank one of our sponsors. Today's show is sponsored by BulletPad, the fun and intuitive app for writing outlines and organizing your thoughts on your iPad. With BulletPad, you can quickly create a hierarchical list of bullet points, giving structure to your great ideas. BulletPad is an outstanding tool for writers, thinkers, and folks like you. Begin organizing today. Get BulletPad for free. Just go to the App Store on your iPad and search for BulletPad. And we're back. So what can you do, Bill? Well, first of all, so many times in the past I've heard commercials say, if you don't smoke, don't start, you know. And (laughs) this is easier said than not. And especially when you're young, that's when the tobacco companies are trying to hook you. The tobacco companies have done studies over the years to make more and more and more addictive products so that you get hooked so much quicker and the addiction lasts so much longer. So really, if you're smoking, we're going to consider that you're smoking, not just playing with the habit, mm-hmm. not just where, okay, if you don't want to just plain stop. You know? Yeah, it's almost to the point. They're so addictive now. It's almost to the point that you really shouldn't pick it up and you really should treat it like a dangerous drug because that's exactly what it's become now. It's so addictive. It's much more addictive than it used to be in our day. Absolutely. So the first step is to face yourself in the mirror and to admit 
that you are addicted. And so there's that word, and it's a very powerful word, and it's a word that most people don't like to apply to themselves at all. And certainly, most people scoff at if you talk about it in terms of addicted alcohol, addicted cigarettes. But that's really what it is. It's an addiction. So Mm -hmm. the very first step, and it's kind of like the 12-step program for alcohol, the first step is to admit that you're addicted and that you're basically helpless against this particular drug. I think a lot of people have had to admit that because I don't really, as I mentioned earlier, I don't think a lot of people smoke because they genuinely want to, especially with that $6 price tag on a pack of cigarettes anymore. I think really they know they're addicted. Well, it's got to cut into your food budget. It's got to cut into going out for the evening or going out with your family to the restaurant. If you're spending $6 a pack and you're smoking three packs a day, Mm -hmm. that's 18 bucks a day. (laughs) And it's just getting to be crazy. But, you know, along with accepting the label of addiction or I'm addicted, it does empower you to open up new choices that you wouldn't have maybe ordinarily taken. Wow. Yeah. And isn't that true about every addiction? And we all have addictions of one type or another. So this is just one that we're addressing today. But yeah, we all have to admit that there's something we're powerless against that we need help with. Well, one of the things, of course, is nicotine replacement therapy. And that's gotten a lot of play in the last several years, maybe even the last 20 years. But It is very powerful. It isn't an instant fix. It certainly still leaves some chemical products. But on the other hand, it removes a lot of very harmful products, the tars, the carbon dioxide that comes from the cigarette smoke. Many of the other harmful parts that are in the smoke itself would be gone if you start very effectively with nicotine replacement therapy. So now that helps the physical part of the addiction. The other part of the addiction is that you do things like maybe you have a cigarette every time after you eat or whatever. I mean, people always have something they're associating that cigarette smoking with. And those are the things that sort of get ingrained. And that's the habitual thing that you need to learn to address. And so we can do things like hypnosis and Other things to sort of retrain the mind to deal with this habit? Well, every addiction is a habit. And absolutely, if we don't deal with the habit, which resides in the subconscious mind, then we're just going to pick it right back up whenever the habit nudges us. We have very little willpower to just cold turkey break it any other way. Now, neuro-linguistic programming, which is kind of an offshoot of hypnosis, Mm -hmm. is another possibility. Sometimes people are afraid of that word hypnosis, but it is extremely effective. And it's primarily effective in helping to break down the habit in the subconscious mind. How about other things like the other mind-body therapies? One I'm thinking of in particular is this energy tapping that is so big today. This thing can be used for all different kinds of things, and it's very effective. And it's a permanent fix, from what I understand. So that might be another avenue to look into, some of the different things that you can do with the new mind-body therapies that are out there. Absolutely. And there are some biofeedback techniques that you can use with different computer programs. So it does open up a whole new world. It is still something that you have to choose. So therefore... 
again, calling an addiction, looking yourself in the mirror, opens up these therapies for you and these choices. I've also heard that there are now prescription medications people can take that are not actually nicotine replacement, but these are things that do help with this nicotine withdrawal and help to reduce that smoking satisfaction. Absolutely, Kira. That's a really great point. And they do work with the mind and they also work with the body as well. Could be very effective and your doctor will work with you on that and help with that prescription. And I think another really great thing, things that I would think to do if it were me, I would want somebody to be helping me along the way. I would want to sort of announce to everyone I know that I'm going to quit smoking. And I'd want people to keep me on task with that. You know, if I'm picking up a cigarette, you know, don't let me get away with that. Just really keep me. Like a quit buddy, you know, get yourself a great quit buddy. (laughs) You know, out of love for me, will you please help me to overcome this? And when I'm picking up a cigarette, tell me all the reasons I shouldn't do it and I don't want to do it. And remind me of why I don't want to do this anymore. Absolutely. And and keep helping me until I actually quit. And your quit buddy could be someone who also smokes, and the two of you could decide that you're going to quit to have it together. Or it could be a person who never smoked, who is very much interested in your health. Also understanding that when you are quitting something, it can be very stressful for you because you are used to doing something. You sort of have this energy that's wanting to direct in that way and to sort of cut that off, maybe some stress reduction exercises, maybe meditation or something along those lines that sort of calms you down at times when you really feel this stress. Absolutely. And, you know, earlier, Kira was starting to talk about the triggers which call to you to get you to light up. So after a meal, light up. There are so many times that your habit learns that this is when you light up. You take it out, you just hold it in your hand, you thump it either on the pack or you thump it on Mm -hmm. your other fingers, and then the next thing it's in your mouth. Exactly. This is part of the triggers that you need to learn to get a handle on so that as they start to happen, you can find ways to cut them off and go into a different behavior mode. I know some people actually use oral fixes, other things to put in their mouth besides a cigarette initially when they first start trying. But candy's a bad idea. Uh, Yeah, especially not the sugar kind. And you mentioned, too, the smell of smoke in your house. I think smokers probably don't even smell it anymore. They're so accustomed to it. But if once you get all that smell out of your house... I think you would really smell it after a while. And I think your clothes and your car, too. So it's not going to be something that draws you in anymore. Now, it might cost a bit of money to have your house cleaned, to have your car cleaned, to have your entire wardrobe Mm -hmm, cleaned. But mm -hmm. again, how much is that worth relative to the diseases that might cut you off at 50 or 55? Right. Another thing that I've heard people say that they do is... Every time they would buy cigarettes, they put that money into a little piggy bank and they keep saving that money up. Every day when they would have bought cigarettes, they put that money away. And at the end of a month, you look at that money and that's quite a reinforcement to make you realize what you've been doing with your money. And use that money as a reward for yourself because this is a long-term thing that has many, many, many short-term battles. Not only do you have to create a goal to quit, and establish a plan, but you also have to have 
little interim rewards. So that suggestion from Cure is like fantastic because you can use that money and treat yourself, you know, buy something nice for yourself. That's (laughs) just maybe even frivolous, you know, like a new golf club or, you know, buy something nice or, you know, even buy something nice for your quit buddy, you know, so that they realize that they're really helping you. Oh, and I think you deserve it. I mean, absolutely you do, because it's not easy at all. This is a very difficult thing to do. Right. Just tell anybody who's addicted to chocolate, (laughs) never touch another chocolate bar. And this is one of those things that you can't do just once in a while. No. You know, you do have to absolutely stop doing it forever. So you have to really promise yourself to never quit quitting. Right. (laughs) Because you'll fall off the wagon. I guarantee you, you fall off the wagon. But you got to get back on and you got to keep quitting and you got to keep quitting until it just takes hold. Yeah, I think you could actually, as you mentioned, this goal thing of spending the money on yourself, you could actually set up some rewards ahead of time for yourself, too. If I don't smoke for two weeks, I'm going to do this for myself. Maybe you're going to go someplace really special that you want to go to or whatever it is that turns you on. But, you know, just create something that you're willing to work for and then go for it. Reward yourself when you've achieved that goal. Now, one idea that I came upon when I was researching on the internet, and I can't even remember where it was exactly, so I apologize. I can't put a link on the site, but it was really a a clever little idea. And so what this person suggested is that you get one of those little small pocket picture albums. So they're just about the size of a photo print that you get from the drugstore. And you get some pictures of all your loved ones. And this isn't just people that you love, even from afar. This is the people who love you and who will really miss you if you get sick from a smoking disease, and especially if you get sick and die and you're no longer around. These are the people that would really be hurting and and really miss you. Your grandkids, your spouse, if you have one, other close friends, maybe your brother or sister. And then gather those pictures up. And as you put them into the little plastic pages of this little album, write yourself your own little caption and tuck it down in front of the picture, at the bottom of the picture. And on that caption, on every single picture, write, thank you for not smoking. And put it in quotes. So it's just like they are saying that to you. That's a great idea. I like that one. During the day when you're like trying to reach for a cigarette, are you going getting real antsy? Pull out your album instead of your cigarettes and start going through the pages. Now, I guarantee you that there'll be times when you're so frustrated, you won't even want to look at those people in that album. (laughs) But you'll come back later, and rather than blaming them, you'll fall in love with them all over again because they will be talking to you. And that statement, thank you for not smoking, in quotes, will actually start heavily speaking to your subconscious. And you'll be surprised at how you feel about it in 30 days. Absolutely. Well, I think we need to take one more break. Want to thank one more sponsor, and we'll be back in just a moment. Also sponsoring our show today is AppJudo, your complete web and mobile application development service. AppJudo uses the best technologies and computer science principles to build attractive and intuitive user interfaces that your customers will easily understand and love to use. Whether you want to design and build a new app or refactor and redesign an existing app, AppJudo can help make your project a success. 
visit AppJudo today at www.appjudo.com. And we're back. So in 2014, in January, the U.S. Surgeon General released their annual report, which, of course, they do every year. But this was interesting because in 2014, the report was heavily dedicated to the 50th anniversary of the first U.S. Surgeon General's report that was warning Americans for the very first time about the health dangers of tobacco use. 50 years ago, the Surgeon General was talking about this. And do you think we could have done some better work? I mean, it was only just the last seven or eight years that we've had the lawsuits against the tobacco, which have been settled in favor of the states, and that we've had so much work moving forward about getting smoking out of the public sphere, and to even have smoking declared a dangerous drug and put on the packs of cigarettes, actually labeling it. The tobacco companies fought it tooth (laughs) and nail forever. Yeah. They used all their money, all their propaganda. Oh, smoking's not harmful. Smoking's not dangerous. And all the while making more and more and more addictive products. Well, you know, it's a big money maker for them. And so they certainly don't have our interest at heart when they're putting out that product. Anybody with half a brain knows that by now. And this is the way a lot of big companies operate. So it's not just this one product, the cigarettes, but also the foods that we eat, the pop that is sold every day, so many things that are destructive to our health. And so every time you overcome one of these addictions, you just need to pat yourself on the back. And you can overcome this one. This is one that I watched my parents overcome and my sisters and brothers. And as I was growing up in our household, almost all of the people in my house that were older than me were smoking. So it's a habit that, you know, you can break it. I've seen people do it over and over again. And many of us today are living in homes that are smoke-free because we now understand how devastating it is to our health. And we don't want it around the kids, or we don't want it around the grandkids, or you know, the secondhand smoke is as harmful as the firsthand smoke. So when you're spending that six bucks a pack or seven, and when you find yourself going outside on the sidewalk in all kinds of weird weather, (laughs) rain and snow to smoke because it's no longer allowed by law inside the building where you work or eat or drink or do other activities, you know, ask yourself, is this worth it? And what can I do about it? And then get some help. Get some people involved and do it. And do it for you. And keep doing it because it is a tough battle. But you can do it. You really can. I believe you can. I know that I'm fighting my own battles. We all have battles that we're fighting. But we can't quit. We can never quit. So I think that's our podcast for today. Now, before we leave, Bill, I want to tell you that we're not healthcare providers. And nothing that we say here should be misconstrued as medical advice. It's not meant to treat, diagnose, or prescribe anything. Everything that we share here is our own opinions, and it's based on our own personal research and experimentation. So that is our show for today. Bill and I want to thank you for being with us and listening to the Healthy Tips podcast. To subscribe to our show, go to iTunes Podcast and look for Better Living Institute, the Healthy Tips podcast. 
There you'll also find all the podcasts and products produced by the Better Living Institute. There's the Book Talk podcast, the Love Stories podcast, the Happy Kids podcast, the Happiness Experience podcast, and today's podcast, the Healthy Tips podcast. At the Better Living Institute, we're creating health, wealth, and happiness one loving conversation at a time. You can also find our podcast and view all of the great stories, photos, and links that we post by visiting our website at www.betterlivinginstitute.com. While there, please go to our contact page and leave us a comment. Kira and I encourage you to send us some feedback. And also, let us know if you have an interest in a specific health topic. You can also like and message us on Facebook. Just go to www.facebook.com forward slash Better Living Institute. In addition, our email address is feedback at betterlivinginstitute.com. We hope you'll listen again next time and remember to share our show with your friends and family. This is Kieran Bill Van Ittersom for the Better Living Institute saying so long for now, everyone. 